The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Yes, Regina Doherty is a Fine Gael Senator and Mick Barry is a Socialist TD for Cork North Central and we are talking this week about whether we are adequately preparing for a world beyond fossil fuels and an Ireland beyond fossil fuels. No oil, no gas, no diesel, no petrol. Regina, are we? Are we doing enough? I think we're getting there and I think the uh, ambition, first of all, of both the government, the state agencies and now I think the people... um, hopefully is is matched because a couple of, maybe a good few years ago, maybe three or five years ago, you mightn't have been able to defend the argument maybe that the government was as um, active as they probably should have been. There was a lot of vocalness of what we should do and what we could do, but no real action. So I think, I think we're getting there. Um, obviously, we could always do more and we could do it faster, but I see the transition, particularly if we just even look at this year's stats. So we've um, a a target of a million electric vehicles on the road by 2030, which seemed absolutely phenomenal when Richard Bruton announced it a number of years ago. But in actual fact, COVID, the cost of living crisis, I think has accelerated people's decision making. um, And it certainly has accelerated government's um, actions because obviously the cost of living crisis has cost people enormously and the state supports have been enormous for the last couple of years. And so we all need to move to hybrid electric cars. We need to try and, you know, put fuel in our houses in, in a different way than we would have just naturally done either by the fire or the gas or the oil central heating. And we can see the changes. And so if you look at the, the car sales alone this year, which really does give us hope, it's nearly 50-50 split between petrol, diesel in one half and hybrid or full electric in the other. And so some 15% of the cars that were bought this year to date um, are fully electric. We have regular hybrids are nearly 20% um, and plug-in hybrids are about 8%. So we're nearly halfway there. Um, and then when you look at the infrastructure around the country that both private dev- providers, uh, local authorities and the state have provided, we nearly can go from one part of the country to the other part of the country completely on electric, but definitely obviously on hybrid. And I think that's a huge start. Now, we obviously need to do more. We need to try and encourage more people to buy uh, electric. I, for one, wouldn't have supported the reduction of the grant that we had. So up until this year, we would have had a grant to encourage people to buy electric cars of 5,000 euros. That was decreased by the Minister for Transport this year to mm. 3,500. And I think that's kind of, I think that was a bit sneaky, if I'm to be honest with you, because at a time where people's fuel bills were going through the roof, maybe it was forcing people to make decisions. And so we kind of took advantage of that. But I would have liked to see that last for another couple of years until we got our 15% electric right up to 30, 40, 50% and help people to do it. The same way as we're helping people to change the practices in their homes um, by the solar grants, by the insulation grants, you know, by the air pump grants. All of those things are positive. Uh, And finally, and we've been waiting too long for this, and I will admit this has taken too long, um, finally the agreement of the very low percentage um, loan scheme has been announced by government to go live in January. So people that want to be able to do these things but don't have the disposable cash to be able to do them but will be able to claw back the savings over a number of years, those loans will be available in January. So Mick, progress has undoubtedly been made. Uh, Has there been enough progress? No. Far, far too slow. So... Let's just start with the big picture stuff and then we'll move in on on, on what's happening here. This morning, uh, the State of the Climate Action 2023 report produced, which says that the world needs to phase out coal seven times faster, needs to reduce deforestation four times faster, needs to um, go for public transport six times faster uh, if it's to stay below 1.5. So, that report basically underlines the Greta Thunberg point that what we're hearing 
from corporations and from governments that in large measure dance to their tune is blah, blah, blah. And in Ireland, um, I'm sorry, Regina, but the figures just don't stack up. So to take up two of the issues that you raised there briefly. First of all, uh, retrofitting. Uh, 30,000 retrofits per annum between 2019 and 2025. That would need to jump to 75,000, so way more than double 2026-2030 if the target has been met. Way off course in relation to that. And little surprise when a deep retrofit can cost you 38,000 on the average home even after all the grants have been paid. Electric vehicles. Now, I'm not convinced that electric vehicles are entirely the solution here. I think free public transport is a better option. Um, uh, and I can explain that more later in the debate if, if, if you want. But the target of 950,000 by the year 2030, um, at a rate of 15,000 cars uh, per year, which was what we had last year, it would take 60 years to reach that target. So, you know, the world is way behind. This state is way behind. First and foremost, it's not down to public buy-in. It's down to the role of the corporations putting profit before the environment and the governments who are refusing to shake their cage uh, and are playing by the rules of the game when we need to rip up the rules of the game and, and, and play a very different strategy. Regina, are you dancing to the corporation's tune? I don't think so. And so uh, Mick is, is talking about two distinctly different things in the one sentence, which is, is kind of difficult to respond to. So... I think you can actually see corporations changing uh, and it's because the public mood is changing. And so for an example, I will give you is one of our largest retailers that Mick would probably give out about has now issued instructions to their suppliers that they won't buy flowers, they won't buy strawberries that have been aided by the growth of uh, with carbon. And so they're changing their practices in organisations and everybody else down the chain is doing so uh, to respond to that. But to go back to, you know, the biggest issue that we have in Ireland um, is transport. It accounts for some 45% of our emissions. And if we're ever going to get to net zero, that's the single biggest thing that we have to attack. I make is right. And you can see the green effect and supported by Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, the reduction of public transport costs um, over the last two budgets. We want more people using um, our public transport. We want the public transport to be more efficient, hence the vast investment of bus connects that was started a number of years ago. We want people to be able to finally get on a metro. And I can finally say that the roadworks have been done on the mm-hmm. R132 and Swords this week. So people can actually see the boots on the ground and the shovels so that we know that a metro was coming in the next eight to ten years. And yes, some of these things are things that probably should have happened 10, 20, 30 years ago, but they're finally happening now. But to go back to the single biggest transport issue is the car. And I'm sorry, I don't agree with Mick because the targets and the trends are what inform us. 81% increase on electric cars that were bought in 2022 than were bought in 2021. And yes, I really firmly do believe that the cost of living crisis has accelerated people's decision makings. Like I bought a new electric car. Um, well, I'm, I didn't buy it, obviously. I got a loan to buy it um, in January. The, the absolute enormous 
discount or the reduction on my travel costs is, is absolutely phenomenal. To, to, to put my electricity in my car every single day cost me about £1.20. And that would be versus maybe about 80 quid worth of petrol or if it was diesel, maybe the equivalent every week. It's an enormous saving. And so the encouragement by the state of the grants for the house retribute or the retrofits, the grants for the solar, uh, the grants for the, the epis and the zappies and all of these fancy names that we have of a green economy that has grown and is absolutely thriving. And so mm. Mika's right when he talks about the, the frustrations of the amount of retrofits that we've had over the last number of years. And it's not down to money because the grants are there and the grants are solid. It's down to the number of people and employers and employment in the sector that we don't have. But that's the, that's the benefits and the upside when we talk about reacting to climate is that there is a green economy there and there is room for far more growth in that sector because every house has to be retrofitted. Every house will be ultimately either on solar or on an air pump, some sort of climate friendly um, environment in every single local. And it's up to the government and, and we are doing that to make sure that we can facilitate that through the grants, through the green scheme, uh, the loan scheme that's coming at a 2% interest yeah. lowest in the market after Christmas that will facilitate people to be able to repay over five or ten years uh, based on the... Yeah. Uh, Mick, when we talk about... Um you know, electric vehicle targets and the amount of people who could or should be driving them and when we hope to uh, get to a point where everybody is doing it, whether that's kind of 40 years or 60 years down the line. This is this gets us to one of the shortcomings of national targets for what's an international problem, isn't it? Because uh, if everybody in Ireland went out and bought EVs, well, there's not enough EVs um, uh, for them to go out and buy, but let's say there were, um, the, the carbon cost of that manufacturer uh, wouldn't be recorded in Ireland. But it's pretty massive, the carbon cost of the manufacturer of EVs. Mm. Yeah, we can all pat ourselves on the back. It reminds me a little bit of Norway. Norway is a petrol state, but they've done this kind of great hoodwink where they convince everyone they're a progressive social democracy when they're just like Qatar or somewhere else. And they all drive around in Teslas because they sell their oil for other people to burn. Yes, I would, uh, I would agree with the point uh, that you're making there. Um, if a quarter of the world's population um, had an electric vehicle, uh, that would be two billion people. Uh, and the amount of raw materials that you'd need to mine there in terms of zinc, in terms of cobalt, etc., etc., the carbon emissions would be absolutely enormous. And that is the reason why, in my view, that while there is a role to be played by electric vehicles, that the states and the governments should focus first and foremost on the question of public transport and on the idea whose time has come, I think, of making public transport free. Not minor adjustments, small cuts, which have been made by this government, but a sweeping change. Free all free? Tra- all trains? Yeah, I think so. Everything? They, they did an experiment in uh, Germany this summer. Um, it wasn't free. Um, it was nine it was euro, I think. Nine was it? euro. It was, you know, next to near to being free, nine euro per month. Uh, and there was 1.8 million tonnes of carbon emissions uh, reduced into the German atmosphere uh, during that. Now, if that can be done in Germany over a period of three months, imagine what could be done if, for example, this was done continent-wide in every country, including in uh, in uh, this uh, uh, state. So um, electric vehicles, uh, yes, a role to be played there. The big problem with them, of course, is the cost. €28,000. Uh, I mean, you know, someone who's on a TD salary or the equivalent of it uh, can afford to get the electric vehicle in January. Most working people are not in a position to afford that at the moment. And what do the government do? 
they cut the grant from 5,000 down to 3,500. Mm. It's a backward step. That should be reversed, but first and foremost, it should be investment in the public transport. Well, Regina, I appreciate you've already said you disagree with that, that reduction in that grant, uh, but should we just make public transport free? So I think we might eventually get there, but I think we need a lot of investment to actually improve the transport offering first. And so what you look at the government is going to do by the end of the decade, we'll have electrification to the DART line. We'll be able to facilitate the DART uh, coastal north line. We will have Metrolink visible and being, you know, teasing us that it's on the way um, in the next couple of years. But also we have uh, recent advantages of Dublin bus changing some of their fleets. Now, I know they were mired by planning permissions with regard to the charging for the fleet, but we have Dublin bus now with hydrogen buses with a whole range of uh, electric buses ready to go once they get the e-charging mechanisms and facilities on play. So that's the plan for all of the state agencies. We're going to electrify our rail. We're going to make sure that our public transport systems are based on green energy as opposed to fossil fuels. And then maybe, you know, when we get it right, then maybe we can start talking about actually adding to the network. Because right now, as Mick knows, a lot of the things and a lot of the reasons that we get complaints with regard to Dublin bus and bus airing is because the buses just don't show up. Um, we've got driver issues, we've got mechanic issues and that's long before we get to. So people are complaining about the system now without adding, you know, the tens of thousands yeah. of more people, which would be a good idea if so, we were to get them. So the, the old saying was you, you, you think local and or you, you think global and you act local. So I, I'm going to make a brief local point and a brief global point to finish. The local point I'd make is that, um, you know, light rail is not just an issue for Dublin. Uh, it's an issue for outside Dublin and it's certainly an issue for Cork. And there are really excellent plans actually in place uh, for light rail in Cork. But the problem is that the state and the government are saying that the beginning of the construction uh, would be 2031. Balancholic to Mahan. Why would we wait until 2031? The Cork city manager recently made the point that it should begin far sooner. I don't always agree with her. I strongly agree with her on that one. And in terms of the global point, you know, the point has been raised about corporations changing. Well, one thing corporations will never change, right, is that they are in it first and foremost for profit. And you have a situation now where oil and gas industry uh, owns oil and gas wealth below the ground, uh, which you would only be able to extract one-fifth of that if you're to stay within the global targets, all right? They are not going to write off four-fifths of their profit. That wealth will need to be taken from them. That raises the issues of nationalisation and socialism, but that's a debate we'll have another day. We will have it another day. Something we're going to have a little bit later today is a conversation with uh, Regina's colleague in the Senate, uh, David Norris, who has decided to retire from politics. So he is going to be with me a little bit later. In the meantime, Regina Doherty, thank you for your time. Mick Barry, thank you as well. Stay with us. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.